Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Special Friday the 13th edition. Ooh. Spooky. Ooky. I don't know. Dookie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's going to be shit for sure. (laughs) Well, we wanted to do something special for y'all because. Because, because, because. We've done extra Friday the 13th episodes before where we talked about the origins of Friday the 13th. Superstitions. All those things. And we were like, damn, it's like around the corner. What the fuck are we going to do? And Donna was like, isn't the movie Friday the 13th based off of a real story? She said, we should do that. And I was like, okay. So (laughs) here we are. Is it really though? No. Okay. I didn't think so. I mean like, okay. You know how it's always an A and a B and you're like, is it? Isn't it? Is mm-hmm. it? You know, true and false. Those are always my worst things. Mm-hmm. 50-50 shot to get it wrong. Uh-huh. And so then I overthink things mm-hmm. way too much. Well, here's the tea of it. Friday the 13th, all the movies, Jason Voorhees, the bad guy, and the Voorhees clan. It's said that the movie was based on actual events that happened in Finland. But really, from what I can find, it's only because... The Crystal Lake in the movie is kind of similar to Lake Bodum that's actually in Finland. Okay. But here's the thing. That lake is the location of one of Finland's most gruesome and unsolved murders. Shit. Yes. So, Friday the 13th, yes, but also not at all. Okay. First of all, I'm going to try very, very hard with these names. Okay. Very hard. (laughs) Picture it. June 4th, 1960. You have two friends that are going to go on a camping trip, and they're going to bring their boyfriends along. The two girls are 15 years old, and their boyfriends are 18. The girls are Myla Bjorklund and Anya Mackey, and their boyfriends, like I said, 18-year-old Seppo Boisman and Nils Gustafson. So they're going to go to Lake Bodum, have a little camping trip. I mean, they're just pitching a tent, and I don't mean in their pants. I was about to say. I mean, it's. I thought this was a wholesome story here, Carrie. Mm mm. Mm mm. <laughs> mm mm. They get there, they do their campy stuff, you know, walk around, enjoy nature, all the things <laughs> that you do when you're camping. Uh huh. I don't know. I've never been camping. Me neither. Not like that. Glamping, I've done. This, I don't know from. Because they were literally sleeping in, like, the most basic tent ever. Yeah. And the plan was the girls were going to sleep in the tent. And the boys were going to sleep outside the tent. Because, hello, it's 1960. Uh-huh. And it's also quite small, the tent. Mm. Meanwhile, Donna would have kicked me out with my boyfriend. And she and her boyfriend would have been in the tent. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Can't help it. Mosquitoes are attracted to me. <laughs> It's either because I'm sweet or I'm rotten. I don't know. I would have brought my own damn tent. I don't need your shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a great time during the day. They drink a little bit that evening. The boys got a little drunk, but, you know, everything's good. They go to bed, and at about 6 o'clock in the morning on June 5th, a group of guys who are out bird watching. Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of by the their little campsite, and... You know, they see it, and then they see this blonde-haired guy walking away from the campsite. And so they're like, okay, whatever. Keep going about their watching of the birds. Uh Uh-huh. 
Well, at 11 a.m., a guy is out jogging and jogs past the campsite and is like, what the fuck? What's happening here? Yeah. And what this jogger found was the tent kind of like just all discombobulated with Mila laying on top of the tent. What? Covered in blood with her pants missing. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So he's like, oh, fuck, and runs to go call police. Well, see, this is what makes it kind of weird. The tent was very small. And what it appeared to be was that the killer, like, didn't go in the tent and attack the girls. The killer just, like, blindly was, like, stabbing with a knife. Mm. So it's not very clear in anything that I found that was like, okay, this is the chain of events. You know, yeah. the killer killed this person first and then attacked these people. You know, it nothing of that is clear. What we do know, though, is that Mila's body had some serious overkill on it. Mm. And she was missing her pants, but I don't think that they ever found evidence of sexual assault. I, honestly, I don't know if they even looked, but... I'm not I'm not sure if that was the case. But she had a number of stab wounds that were done postmortem. Oh fuck. Yeah, so it was just again it was overkill. It was like, okay, shit, she's, you know. Well, her boyfriend was Niles. And his body was on the outside of the tent. He had a concussion, a fractured jaw, and he had a wound from a knife on his forehead. Oh fuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anya and Seppo were also murdered, and they had blunt force trauma from, like, a rock on their heads. Yeah. And they had stab wounds because it was like they were the ones that were in the tent when whoever it was came in swinging to the tent. Or, yeah, well, came slash. to the outside. Yeah. But again, Myla had significantly more wounds. Well... I told you all that Niles Gustafsson had, like, all his wounds. Well, when the police got there, though, he was alive. What? With the forehead? Yes. He had the he had a concussion, he had a fractured jaw, and then he had a deep knife wound, as, one, as this article says, to his forehead. He was unconscious, but he was alive. Wow. And so they took him to the hospital, and they're trying to figure out, like, what the fuck is going on, and, but he does make it. Oh, God, good. And he can't remember anything after them going to sleep that night. My mama always said that uh, CRS can't Can't remember remember shit. shit. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, they've got Gustafsson at the hospital working him up, trying to save his life. And the police are like, okay, where the fuck is this murder weapon? Right. where is everything? And also, where is their shit? Because... Some weird stuff was missing. If you say a can of pork and beans, I am done. No. Okay. When they came to the campsite, they came on motorcycles. Well, the keys to the motorcycles were gone, but the motorcycles were still there. What? Yeah. And I mean, and not like parked like right beside them, but they were still there, but the keys were gone, which is so fucking odd. And then Gustafsson's shoes were missing, but they ended up finding those about a half a mile from the campsite. Maybe the killer took the keys so they couldn't follow him if they were still alive. True. Could be. And he was like, ooh, if someone is uh, she-she like I am, 
They're not going to run without their shoes. But why take just the one pair? I don't know. Do you know which one it was? Yeah, it was the one, the survivor's shoes. So maybe he knew that he was still breathing. Maybe. But why not finish him off, though? I don't know. Maybe got interrupted. By whom? <laughs> okay. Fucking birds. I know. And they're fucking watchers. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, here's the thing. The police didn't caution tape off the area. They didn't do any of that. You know what they did instead? Oh, God, what? They said, hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you want to uh, come help us find this murder weapon? No. Yeah. No. They got people from the community <laughs> to come help them find this motherfucking murder weapon. What? They didn't find it. Okay. Yeah. So you have all these people traipsing through the damn crime scene looking for the murder weapon. Mm-mm. I don't think that's how you're supposed to do it. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Even in 1960, it's not how you're supposed Mm-mm. to do it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, the police are trying to figure out who the fuck did this. And they had a few suspects. The first one was Carl Vladimir Galstrom. Well, he ran this little kiosk that was close to the campsites. And he was known for hating the people that came to camp there. Like, this this mother humper would throw rocks at kids. What? Yes. Get off my lawn. He was like the ultimate jerk old man, but I don't even know if he was old. <laughs> But he has a kiosk there. Like, you would want people to come. Mm-hmm. Well, supposedly, allegedly, word on the street is, old Carl confessed to one of his friends when he was shit-faced one night. Okay. So the police, of course, doing their investigation, and they find out that just a few days after the murders happened, he filled the well in his front yard. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So it's like, what you hiding down in that motherfucking well? Yeah, and some fucking motorcycle keys and a stabby stab knife? Uh-huh. Well. Well, uh, pun intended. <laughs> His wife alibied him out and was like, look, he was with me. You know, we were asleep at home. He didn't do this. The police go to his property to kind of look look around, see what's going on. And they're like, no evidence here. But they never fucking looked in the well. Wow. Oh, y'all just did some new construction? Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Oh, you uh, have no money, but you have a new concrete slab? Interesting. So, guys, what's over here? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, nine years after the murder, he is said, actually died by suicide at Lake Bodum by drowning. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Also, his wife, on her deathbed, recanted her, her alibi for him. Mm. So, a lot of people think that this is, like, this is the guy. Yeah. Because two plus two equals four in this situation, and he right. got a full well now, and he died by suicide at that lake. His wife recanted all the yeah. things. They're like, this is him. Right. Also, just, mm, Jason Voorhees drowned... Mm-hmm. And, like, he died by suicide, mm-hmm. you know? Well, another suspect that the police looked into, you ready for this name? Oh, shit. Hit me with it. Cunnilingus. Close. Hans Assman. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, the police started looking at old Asshat 
like the morning after the murders because he showed up to this hospital and his fingernails black, dirty from dirt, and he had all these red stains on him. The people at the hospital were like, what the fuck? This guy's acting very weird. Yeah. So the police go to ask him questions and he's like, no, man, tells him an alibi like I didn't do this. So they never took his clothes. Oh, my God. For testing. And two, not only was he like, hey, here's my alibi. Apparently, a doctor was like, no, that's not blood. Oh, my gosh. So here's the other thing that old asshat did. When the police were questioning him, he pretended to be fainting goat status. Oh, no. He was like, (laughs) but it wasn't real. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they're like, this guy's weird. Also, the boys that were the bird watchers, they had seen the the, the blonde, blonde hair guy. Yeah. And they said that the guy had long blonde hair. And right after that was announced on the news, old asshat cut his hair. Oh, shit. Cut his long, flowing blonde locks. And so they were like, hmm. Yeah. The other thing about asshat is it's rumored that he is, in fact, an asshat and was a Nazi soldier at Auschwitz. Oh, fuck him. Yes. And then, I'm, I'm not really, again, this is all rumored, so I'm not really sure, like, how he got, if he ran away from, like, the Nazi army. I don't, I don't know how that ended. I don't know if it was from the war. I don't know. Yeah. But he, but then it's rumored that he became a spy for the KGB. So people were like, hmm. Hmm. But then it's like, why the fuck, if, if he really was, like, why would the KGB care about these four teenagers out in the fucking woods? Fucking, you know what I mean? Like, who gave, who gives a shit? Well, they might have been like uh, Dyatlov Pass, where they think they might have seen government true, testing or something true, like that. True, true, Well, in 2004, the police reopened the case. 44 years later. Oh, my gosh. They made an arrest <gasps> March 2004. And they arrested the survivor. What? So, apparently, there was, like, one drop of blood on his shoes that they found, like, half a mile from the crime scene. Yeah. And that some of his blood was, like, in the tent. But it it doesn't add up. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah well. Well, if they're brutally attacked. Right. I mean, his blood's probably everywhere. fucking tent. Yes. Yes. And, well... We'll get there. Well, and if he got a fucking stab wound in his fucking forehead. Right. And then the killer goes, like, slashing around the other peeps. Mm-hmm. Like, his blood is transferred. I mean, if it was him, he would have had to go take his shoes off and do all of this shit. I don't, I don't know. Well, the prosecution said that the two boys got in a fight. And that that's why his jaw was broken was because mm. he had been punched. And then, they because they were drunk. But is that other guy's hand messed up? I don't know. I don't you know. know. What I mean? Yeah, well, there's no way to know because they did a shitty investigation. Right. So they're like, you know, they got in a fight. He got the shit knocked out of him, broke his jaw, you know, all that. And he came back because he was pissed and killed them and then 
they said stabbed himself and all that to make it look like he was the victim. Stabbing in your forehead is, uh... That's... You cut me too deep, man. You cut me too deep. Like, that's fucking some shit. Yeah. So, but they're like, okay. The defense is like, let's just say he did it. How in the fuck did he take those bloody shoes all the way a half a mile away? Because if he... Did he stab himself before or after he walked half a fucking mile? And then if it was... After, he'd still have to schlep back to the campsite, and why is there no blood? Exactly. And if he did that, where the fuck is the murder weapon? Yeah. Because you had half of the city folk down there looking, and they just don't understand. <laughs> farmers only. Uh, we need a search party, but farmers only here. Mm-hmm. We need people that understand <laughs> how the woods work. Also, I wonder if with this whole thing, like how the blood was dried on his face and stuff. Because if he sliced himself when he was walking, it would be like down. But if oh, he true. you know was laying down or whatever, you know, it'd be more like sideways down. Do you know we would know that if they hadn't done such a shitty investigation. Right. Well, the other thing that the prosecution had was a new witness. Oh shit. Here's the thing though. The witness came forward just the year before, because they were interviewed for a documentary. Oh, convenient. Uh Uh-huh. And this witness said that she was camping, like, close, and that the two boys had come to her tent, and that Gustafsson was acting very aggressive. Suspect. Very. This girl is suspect. Very. Well, the defense is like, what the fuck is his motive? Like, truly, what is his motive with this? Like, he's going to kill his best friend and his girlfriend? And then his best friend's girlfriend? Right. He's not going to, I mean, for for no good reason. Well, and the thing is, too, it's like, like I said, 40 plus years later, he had been married, had kids, trying to live his life, getting past all this. Well, he ended up being convicted. Holy shit. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. And he spent a whole year in jail before he got an appeal and was acquitted. Wow. Some people still believe that he's the one that did it. From what I understand, in Finland, most people think it's him. I don't know. I just have read that and stuff. I don't live there. Y'all tell us what y'all think. He ended up even getting a settlement because he spent a year in prison. I was going to ask. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing that we hadn't talked about yet. Oh, One more thing. Shit. The boys were able to provide enough detail, quote unquote, to give a sketch for a sketch. Oh, the bird watchers. Yes. And it was the mm, weirdest fucking sketch ever. Like, ever. <laughs> These are the sketches. Mainly the top right or top left. What? Yeah. Okay. I'm more focused on the bottom right. Yeah, we'll post this for y'all. Okay. Okay. So. What the, what the. What? Uh Uh-huh. What? Okay. So, then, everybody's like, what in the cartoon fucking character is that? Right? Well, then. This was the original caricature. Yes. At the funerals, there was someone there that they didn't really know who it was. And look at him. What the doppelganger's going on here? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. 
Oh my god. How's that a human? Like what? Yeah, uh-huh. No. Now I want you to look at Hans Asman. That Rodney Dangerfield. That's him, right? But yeah, that's him. The same fucking person that was at the funeral that's in the sketch, right? Yes. Really wide set eyes, like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> so a lot of people think it's him. We don't know if his alibi actually checked out. He went to that hospital covered with some sort of red something, but we don't know because they didn't test it. We don't know if it was blood or not. Yeah. He was very aggressive, fainting goat, <laughs> cut his hair as soon as he saw the thing. Yeah. Looks just like the sketch. You know, when that sketch first came out, I think everybody was like, the fuck? Yeah. What is that? And then when they saw the pictures of the people mm-hmm. at the funeral, they're like, hold the phone. Yeah. And then, you know, and so it's like, Personally, I think it's asshat. Yeah. Now looking at the pictures, I mean. Because I really, truly feel like Gustafsson had nothing to gain. No, I don't think it was him. And I think, too, if you if you look at the ways in which the murders were committed, like with the blunt force trauma with like a rock and just like this frenzied stabbing. Mm-hmm. And I mean. It just doesn't make sense. And so he would have had to have basically punched himself because we don't know if anybody else had like a boxer's fracture. Yeah, The forehead thing gets me. Like, I feel like he wouldn't have done that to himself. He did have a cut, like a slice wound on his elbow. But I feel like that's like a defensive, like trying to protect. But see, the. He's getting a forehead wound. Like, I would put my arm up. Yes. Yeah. Well, some say that those were, quote, low energy wounds, meaning that, you know, they weren't, it wasn't like that frenzied, like the other wounds. But I just don't fucking buy it. I mean, his, he just had too many injuries to yeah. do it to himself. You know, I feel like it's one thing to, like, cut yourself with a knife to pretend, mm-hmm. but to have your jaw dislocated and your cheekbone fractured. Yeah. No. Well, and then. His shoes were gone, mm-hmm. but also the murder weapon was uh-huh. never found. So what could he have done with that? Because he couldn't have went far. Because he's bleeding out. Yeah. So, like, I just, I don't think there's, no. And he was so wounded that he was unconscious. He yeah. didn't pull an assman and do a fainting goat. He <laughs> was unconscious. Right. So I've got my money on assman. Yeah. What about you? Him or... Vladimir. The kiosk guy? Yeah. But really, Asman, like, those pictures... It, the pictures are like, dude. And then how he was so weird, and, mm-hmm. like, I just feel like... Mm. If this murder had occurred now, it would have been solved. Yeah. Especially if it was Gustafsson. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I, th- there's just too many missing pieces of... Where'd the keys go? Mm-hmm. Where did the murder weapon go? Why are there no footprints of him traipsing fucking back and forth, hiding all this shit yeah. with blood dripping from him? Because you can't have the murder weapon and then stab yourself. Yeah. And again, what's the motive? Also, though, if that girl was camping near them, why were, why were they not questioned mm-hmm. at the time? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't either. Yeah. I do not buy him. That whole thing is 
someone was like, we need to solve this because mm-hmm. I need to get elected or, you know what yes. I mean? Some, or, yeah. some shit. Or somebody was about to retire and they wanted uh-huh. to solve it before he retired, you know. Yeah. That was, uh-uh. Yeah. No. I just feel so sorry for the families. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is clearly, you know, I mean, 44 years later, a good number of them may have already passed, but... Yeah. I mean, that was in 2004, and we still don't know, you know? Yeah. And so it's just sad to think that they had to go through and relive all of this over again. And then him to go to jail for a year, and then just to be released because he was acquitted. You yeah. Know? So clearly the evidence wasn't there. I think he got like thirty or 40000 for his time in prison. Wow. Yeah, so that's the... Friday the 13th real life story that's not really the real life story but is possibly the real life story. Yeah. That is this huge unsolved murder. Wow. I know. I've heard this story before and I remember looking at that sketch and being like, the fuck? (laughs) And then seeing the guy's picture in the fucking crowd and being like, Holy shit. He does exist. That is, I mean, because you look at that sketch, especially the more kind of crude one, and uh-huh. it's like, that's not a human. Like, right. that's not real. There's no way that's what that person looks like. Yeah. And then you're like, but but no, because there they are. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> yes. that's them. Mm. Crazy. Well, we hope y'all enjoyed this little bonus episode. Yes. We hope y'all have an amazing Friday the 13th. We are almost in October. Yes. Oh, my gosh. How many of y'all have already decorated? Because I almost did, but I haven't yet because I'm lazy. Right. I mean, I need to move into my new house to decorate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That and lots of things. We just, <laughs> you know, I would much rather nap. I would much rather nap. What the fuck? What in the still magnolia just flew out of my mouth? <laughs> Okay, well, on that note, remember. Oh, okay. Creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.